Welcome to the Synapse Nips podcast, where we explore the power of health and healing. On this podcast, we will be talking with health experts, professionals, and leaders about hot topics in the world of health. Whether it's tools to help you flourish, successful stories to inspire, or tips to optimize your health, Synapse Nips is here to help you take the first steps towards living your best life. Welcome to Snap Snips. I'm Dr. Troy, joined here with Dr. Josh and Marquis, and we are coming to you today uh, to discuss uh, rebounding from the holidays here. So it's very important for uh, this time of year, uh, January after Christmas and the New Year and Thanksgiving, just to, to check in and uh, talk a little bit about uh, how to rebound, number one, but also some of the things that can slip in there and uh, cause some dysfunction and, and just little changes that you can make uh, to start getting back on track. So uh, let's start with you, Dr. Josh. Uh, what are some of the things that uh, that we need to rebound from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's, a, it's tough because holiday season, I tell my patients too, it's, it's a special time. I understand if people you know, have special meals or meet with family and do special things. And the problem becomes oh, multifold. The, the food is a big thing. A lot of people go too far, right? They'll yeah. Instead of saying, hey, I'm going to have a meal or two that are good, it's, hey, from from Halloween until New Year's Eve, I'm going to eat junk. Isn't it? I don't remember the exact stat, but the majority of weight that people gain throughout the year is in that window. Yes, Basically yeah, the, the November and December window. Just because it's you know, candy and treats and good food. And again, I, I, I don't want to be a you know, Scrooge and say never to do stuff, but in moderation, right? Because that sets us up for a whole bunch of other issues, whether it's and stress, poor gut health, poor immune function. Um, diet is a, big, is a big player there. Yeah, absolutely. And the weight gain is one thing. And, mm-hmm. and just weight gain in general equals inflammation. So, so fat equals inflammation. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you don't gain weight, but you still feel lousy. And so that's inflammation. Uh, we were just joking around uh, about family earlier too, but some people, when they come together with family, that's more <laughs> of a stressor. Yeah. It's, it's not <laughs> actually uh, something that uh, uh, helps you with your health. So there are so many variables. Uh, one of the other things we were talking about before we uh, went live here is just the pure volume of people that are just challenged by the season we're in right mm-hmm. now, being uh, January 2023. We have a lot of patients that are stressed out because at work they're doing more than just their one job. They're doing two jobs or two and a half jobs. And there's some issues with labor. There's some issues with um, just systems breaking down in other companies. So supply chain stuff. We've run into that uh, ourselves here as well. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of increased stressors or demands being put on people. And there's a trickle-down effect. So the first thing I want to encourage is just look at how your life is going, if you are uh, starting to lose some capacity, meaning you, you can't do what you used to do, that's one thing. But if all of a sudden your responsibilities have increased as well, whether it be with your family or with work, that is something else. So it's important to first have awareness and then start to put some boundaries up or parameters So because you've got to protect yourself as far as your capacity. Mm-hmm. If anything is starting to interfere with your sleep, then we've got to make sure that it gets addressed. And it doesn't have to be changed overnight. You don't want to let it get to that point. It's kind of like the Titanic. We've talked about that ourselves here. Just make some subtle changes, plan ahead. 
my, my conversation yesterday with one of my patients, because he feels like he's doing uh, two and a half, three, three jobs, was to schedule extra time off in the summer starting now. It was to actually get the, his weeks off uh, for the future planned out right now. And although that was kind of a novel idea uh, to him, it was important. Even if it was a non-paid time off, uh, we need breaks from certain things or, or we need ideas of how to restructure our, our current uh, lives. And, and this is very, very important. So when times are tough, that's when we really need to, to, to focus in on our core foundational principles of being healthy. Yeah. We get the double whammy this time of year of the cold and the lack of, of sunlight, too. For those of you that don't live in Minnesota right now in January, I think the low tonight is, what, negative 17 with a <laughs> negative 35 windchill, I think is what we get tonight. It's just negative. Yeah, it's, it's very <laughs> negative. Yeah, exactly. But that plays a big role because even I was reading something recently. Cold exposure in the nose decreases the immune function of that area by 50%, even within a few minutes. Yeah. And walking outside and breathing in that cold air, this is one reason why this part of the world, we get a lot of colds and sicknesses, is that the immune system is naturally damaged a bit when we go outside. Coupling that with the lack of sunlight, which is also a downer for the, for the immune system, then we have a, you know, triple whammy perhaps. Yeah, and that's a that's actually a really good thing to do is just when the sun is shining, take advantage of yeah, it. Go outside. Go outside, <laughs> yeah. sit in the window, just get get that sunlight. And we we know that uh, there may be people around the world that are listening to the podcast. And so, Marky, what was some of the? Do you remember the stats on the different countries and stuff? Do you remember how many approximately? <laughs> I'm gonna put them on the spot. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we had a lot in Germany. Yeah, yeah, Germany, Germany. A lot in Germany and some other. Eight in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking about Australia. Do you think, and maybe an Australian listener can answer this for us, the holiday season in Australia is their summer, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. I wonder if they have less negative impact because their cold and flu season is our summer and not as much of a holiday time. I wonder yeah. if we get that worse because we're layering those stressors on top of each other and they're not. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. If you're from Australia or from the the south of the equator, just let us know. That would be good. <laughs> or invite us to come. We'll we'll show up and yeah, we'll do a podcast from Australia yeah. in January. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the things that we've seen uh, another variable is the um, post COVID. I'm going to say uh, post COVID era, even though we're we're kind of in that uh, that season. We've seen that. Um, through the last couple of years, uh, there are some changes with our immune system's ability to fight off infection. A lot of that can happen with stress. Uh, we see a downregulation of part of our immune system that is helping to fight off infection. So here locally, we saw a rise with things like RSV and other infections. We're seeing uh, basically our immune system not uh, be as uh, adept at, uh, at fighting off other infections. And m- many of them are opportunistic infections. In the medical literature, it'll talk about tuberculosis and toxoplasmosis and, and can, candida is one of the other ones. But mm-hmm. we actually see uh, things like uh, parasitic infections and uh, even things um, uh, like uh, Lyme. Uh, we're seeing a ton of Lyme post-COVID or post-vaccination uh, with the mRNA uh, vaccines. We're seeing that these opportunistic infections also on the rise, whether they were there before or and were dormant or they're new and the exposure has been new. Um, it's very, very intriguing to see that start to, to increase. So what that means essentially, though, is the internal environment of our bodies 
is such that it's not the defense mechanisms aren't quite what they used to be. Mm-hmm. And we know that for sure. Yeah, everything from the COVID and vaccines and other infections, but all the stuff we talked about with winter stress and holiday yeah. stress dampens that that part of the immune system. You've got that TH1 system that's meant to go and you know kill off those infections and not keep them under control. But that, with all of the things we mentioned, that part of the immune system is downregulated. Yeah, and uh, again, what's helpful for Th1, Th2 regulation? The top three things in the body that help are glutathione, which is our major antioxidant and helps us detoxify, omega-3 oils, fish oils, and vitamin D, which is the most important. And again, in the summer, summertime, there's more vitamin D just from the sun, but vitamin D is very, very crucial for that. So one of the things that absolutely helps uh, to improve immune function and to fight infection, other than deep sleep, and this is something we can encourage everyone to do, is simply experiencing joy. So what brings joy to your life? That's a good question to answer. If you can answer that for yourself and start to actually put that into either a daily, weekly, or monthly routine, that actually is going to help your immune system. And a lot of times that can be free or, or if joy is like, I'd like to go to Hawaii, <laughs> it could be expensive, <laughs> but it's important to at least take a look at what brings joy into your life. Now it could be as simple as just watching a smile on your kid's face or grandchild's face. That that's it. It could be as simple as looking at pictures of family and, and speaking with certain part, people within your family, whatever it is. Make sure you start to put that into your daily routine, especially if you're working two and a half, three jobs. You've got to balance that out with some good deep sleep and some joy. So that's that's something that's very important, just just as a, a something to lift you up right away. But it actually does Im- boost your immune system quite a bit. I think that can be uh, amplified, and this is something I'm trying to work on with a, a better daily routine. You know, it's easy, especially with me having young kids, to you know, come home and do dinner and deal with bedtime and and then not want to go to bed right away and stay up too late and then not be able to get up early enough. And ideally, I would be going to bed early, which again, that usually means around my kids' bedtime, which I don't really want to do, and then getting up early because ideally getting up early, getting sunshine if it's there, doing a workout, having some time where you're actually relaxed in the morning in particular, yep. I think it would be really good. That would be the optimal yeah, and uh, for me, because uh, my young kids stage are long gone, uh, but uh, g- getting that routine is still very, very important. And when I go through a busy season like this, one of the things that I implement for myself and many of my patients is just doing a very simple physical routine uh, that doesn't take a, a lot of time. So I literally have a five-minute routine in the morning where I do uh, uh, push-ups and uh, other physical activity to engage my muscles right away and it helps a lot it's only five minutes and uh, it, it it's remarkable after 30 days of doing it the changes that occur just from doing that five minutes so I encourage people all the time sometimes mentally we think because we're overloaded overwhelmed we just don't start anything yeah. but you can really just take five minutes and it helps and I'm going to say this we have a, within our uh, courses here or our programs here, we have a class that called the mindset class where I kind of walk people through how your mindset can either interfere with your health and healing or it can help with your health and healing. Uh, 
And there's one way for us to identify if there's an actual um, problem that, and interfering with your health, and that's excuses. When you can identify an excuse that you are throwing out there, that means there's there's something going on. So let me just walk you through that real, real quick. Uh, our definition of an excuse basically is an excuse is nothing more than a reason wrapped in a skin of a lie, which means if there's a lie that you're believing, you have to identify that lie. And if you can change that, uh, meaning like just reverse it at 180 degrees and reverse that, that is a game changer for your overall health. And when we say stuff like, I don't have time for that, that's an excuse. There's a lie that you're believing somewhere. Identify what that lie is and then make that change and you will completely see a difference in outcomes, even how you feel. We have a testimony on our website of a patient where we walk through that and her and she shares how that changed her entire condition. She had bleeding uh, ulcerative colitis and this was one of the things, among many other things, we had the a lot of lab work, a lot of treatments, but this was one thing once she identified, it ended up helping her get to the point of, uh, of healing her ulcerative colitis. So it's very, very important, our mindset when it comes to the healing process and to, to be thriving in life. And so that's one of them. If you, if you can identify an excuse and change it, uh, or change the lie or the belief system around the lie, that's a game changer for your health. Mm. One of my favorite books, um, written by Jack Canfield, he uh, interviewed successful people from all walks of life. And uh, it's called The Success Principles. Great name if you're actually interviewing successful people. And he uh, interviewed professional athletes, uh, high-level executives, um, stay-at-home parents, people who were considered elite in their field. And he wanted to look at what are the traits of successful people. And the first one that came across the board, didn't matter who he was interviewing, he said they all um, had this attribute. They all took 100% responsibility for their life, for all the results in their life. Now, when you take 100% responsibility, what are you not doing? Giving excuses. So there's no lies that you're believing. And lies don't come from God. Lies, Lies basically are there to disrupt us and get us off course. So if you hear an excuse come out of your mouth, which, by the way, when you're feeling down, when you're feeling defeated, when you're feeling overwhelmed, what do we tend to throw out? Reasons for why we feel defeated, overwhelmed. And what are those? Excuses. So this season, as you work on your sleep, as you work on bringing joy back in, help yourself and help other people around you to identify excuses and then see if you can figure out what lie you're believing. And in our coursework and stuff with our uh, our mindset class, we actually dive into a little bit more as far as how to how to work through that and work on that. But uh, it's it's crucial to be able to identify that if you feel like you're kind of at the end of your rope or struggling, and you hear yourself throw out an excuse, that's an opportunity. That's an opportunity to now start to improve the healing process, and you will be shocked how the body starts to turn around when you've identified what that excuse is. There's that. Mic, mic drop. Mic drop. Yeah. Mic drop. <laughs> I think we should work out right now. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, once we do video podcasts, we'll make everybody do our, the exercise. Yeah. 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 So right now we're doing burpees. Ready? No. Yes. Good job. Yes. That was quick. That was quick. We just did 20. Yes. Yeah. 
So what else, uh, as far as anything you're seeing that people are struggling with that might be impacting their immune system or their ability to fight infections, just coming through the season and then starting in the new year? What, do you, what else yeah. do you see? Another thing that I'm working on personally that I see this very commonly is hydration. Yes. Very overlooked. Another study that I just read recently was looking at the sodium levels in the blood and how even slightly elevated sodium, which is a mar- marker of dehydration, plays a big role in longevity. Something that, because we think about water as important, but it just is one of those things that we don't take very seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm guilty of that. I can go an entire morning, you know, breakfast through lunch and not drink anything when I'm busy, which is a bad habit to be in. But hydration, if you don't have hydration, your, we've talked about this before, yeah. right? The immune system doesn't work. Your gut doesn't work. Your brain doesn't work. Pretty much everything needs a bunch of fluid in order to be able to function. And I see that because we run the, our, uh, our BIA tests, right, our body composition tests. That's one of the main findings. People are dehydrated. Yeah. And that's, that's significant because your immune system um, dumps everything into the lymph system. And the lymph nodes basically, lymph is Greek for fast-flowing river or, or, or uh, water system. And so we have to have water flowing in our body to detoxify, number one, and to fight infection. That's why they say when you're sick, what are you supposed to do? Drink fluids. Drink fluids. Water, not <laughs> not pop, not soda. <laughs> yeah. Water, and and that's a big part of it. So uh, the other thing is, what happens when we have stress? What do we crave? Salt and sugar. So when you're under stress, we tend to eat more salt because the adrenal glands actually need that salt. But when you have stress, your body retains salt, and so it needs more water to actually help flush it out. So when you have stress, the demand for water increases. And so that's why when we do our lab testing too, we'll look for, at sodium. And when sodium is functionally elevated, which means it's you know in the 144 range, if it's above 142, 143, we look at that and say that's functionally high. It's not, it's not um, necessarily lab high, but it might be functionally high. That's a sign of stress. That's one of our markers for stress. So a chronically activated stressed uh, adrenal gland can actually cause you to uh, disrupt how you're actually balancing your, your water levels. And antidiuretic hormone will actually be involved with that. But you can actually just in a simple sodium uh, blood test see if you've got some level of adrenal stress and dysfunction there. But please note that when you have stress, what do we crave? Salt and sugar. So just watch those two things. And coming through the season, uh, of Christmas into the new year, just look at some of those um, habits that you have that might be interfering interfering with that because that that yeah. those chips at the end of the night or the ice cream at the end of the night, whatever it is, whatever your go to is, just know by tweaking that one habit can actually be a game changer for how you feel in the upcoming weeks and months afterwards. Let me give you a question that I get frequently when going over BIAs. Yes, I'll say, look, you need three liters of fluid inside your cells. And the person says, I drink so much water. Yes. What's your typical answer for that? So this is very common. So someone may drink a lot of water. It's not how much you drink. It's how much you retain and where you retain it. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was research years ago done by Dr. Bruce Lipton um, where he, uh, under a microscope, could see people who were under stress, their cells would literally fold over, kind of like a frightened child. Think of a frightened child that's curling up in a ball, holding on to their knees. Our cells do the same thing. On the outside of all of our cells, we have these receptors, and those receptors are where our minerals go into the cell. 
So things like sodium, sodium, potassium uh, pumps, chloride, things like that don't actually get into the cells efficiently because literally the surface area of the cell for those receptors gets covered up. So you don't have as many receptors. So what we see is the sodium stays outside the cell because of stress and it doesn't go inside the cell. If the sodium goes inside the cell, the water falls. It's called the law of osmosis. So when we find someone is dehydrated by three liters and their blood sodium is high, that's a stress response. You have to get them out of fight or flight. When someone's in fight or flight, their cells will fold over on each other. What he, Dr. Lipton also found was when someone was in a state of love, their cells were wide open. And so the hormone oxytocin has an influence on that. And we see that when people have joy and love, and there's a spectrum there, but when people are happy, joyful, full of love, their cells are wide open. And it's really hard for these people to get sick. <laughs> and so this is why it's important to step into that space to open up your cells. So for me, when I see that, I say, we've got to get this person out of fight or flight and into what we call rest and digest. That's what we focus on sleep primarily and stress management. Mm -hmm. And you'll see the cells open wide. The sodium will go from the bloodstream into the actual cell. The water will follow and go in there if they're using those cells. So that's what some people need to use their cells and build muscles. But if you're drinking 100 ounces of water and you're peeing 100 ounces of water and your BIA doesn't change, it, that's not the problem. The pro you're, you're drinking actually too much water because now you have to decrease the amount of water you're drinking and work on the fight or flight stuff. I've had people literally drink so much water they're up two or three times a night disrupting their sleep and they can't get the, the water into their cells. So I say, let's cut that in half. I want you to drink 26 ounces of water a night, a day. That's it. And we're going to work on your stress response. We're going to get you sleeping deeply and what's going on. Sometimes the stress response is emotional. Sometimes it's relationship stuff. Sometimes it's inflammation in the gut from a food sensitivity. Sometimes it's an infection that's not being dealt with. There's so many variables when it comes to that, but that is uh, one of the most common things we see on the BIA. Very common. Lack yeah. of exercise is another big trigger mm -hmm. for that. You said cell cellular use. Yes. That's one of the big... We, it's, it's interesting. We our population tends to come in not feeling very well. And so they don't have the capacity to, to exercise. Yeah. Getting someone to exercise, even just a little bit like the morning routine thing you mentioned has really a, a, an outsized benefit on general cellular health. Yeah. You don't have to do very much. That's where there's studies on those short duration, high intensity, seven minute exercises, and even studies on longer like uh, aerobic exercise you don't need very much to get a huge no. benefit from it mm -hmm. all you have to do is improve tomorrow where you were today mm -hmm. and so you're we're just talking about increasing capacity a little bit so just taking these baby steps is very much needed these these small everyday things are what help us actually get a little bit better a little bit better and you can you can improve like a, with the bia you can improve uh, your phase angle is what we use, but uh, many of our patients will know it as the age of your cells quite a bit. And and you'll be surprised because even in uh, like in my 50s, I still have cells operating like that of a 28-year-old, 29-year-old. And that's possible. And it takes uh, discipline and good routine. Um, I don't feel 29 all the time, <laughs> but my cells, cells have that potential yeah. <laughs> still, which is great. Yeah. And we have, uh, we have uh, many people who have uh, cells that are much, much younger than what their actual physiological age is. And then we have people who come in here, and they might be 30, and they have cells of a 65-year-old. Mm 
That's, that's actually good. more common. It is. Yeah. But it can change. It can change, yes. Yeah, yep. And a lot of our disciplines and a lot of what we do in life, uh, that helps quite a bit. And I will say, I'll say this. The mindset for me is one of the most common um, causes of a very, very poor phase angle um, because it's, it's that chronic stress thing. And uh, Tony Robbins years ago had a quote. He said, the most successful people in life become comfortable with the uncomfortableness of life. And that's very, very true. You learn to improve your capacity to handle the stressors that are coming at you to keep you as much as possible in that space of joy, love, whatever it is. And you've got to protect against uh, throwing out excuses and going down that negative path. And no one is perfect. But I would say... Uh, we here that with this group, we've got a good leadership team here at Synapse, but one of our core values is having fun, laughter. And it's important for us to actually laugh in our stressful work environment, if you will. And um, when I say stressful work environment, I mean like just managing a healthcare facility of any type can come with a lot of stressors. But uh, Marquis testified this too. I actually use well, Josh, but we've, it's taken years to generate the culture that we have here to actually be able to operate and laugh and enjoy each other's company as we're yeah. solving very challenging problems. Yeah. So that's true for all of you. You all can do that within your, within your world um, and start to create that, uh, that environment, if you will. But it takes time. Yeah. When I when I met Marquis, he never laughed at all. No. <laughs> no, just look at Josh's face. That's all it takes. It's hilarious. <laughs> That's what I'm here. <laughs> yeah, the only reason I was hired. <laughs> yeah, so the, that's that's a big part of it as far as just just these simple little things and people we don't have to make it more complicated than that just by bring some some key qualities discipline joy uh and and um working on restoring sleep and detoxifying from our own toxic thoughts it's just so so crucial to a lot of this mm-hmm. yeah. anything else that uh you guys have seen that uh, seems to be impacting people's health Moving into the new year? Yeah, we talk about exercise, hydration, sleep, diets, love. I talked about a lot. Yes. I'm trying to think <laughs> if there's anything else big that we didn't didn't cover. Well, the number one thing, we're gonna leave you with this. The number one thing that increases oxytocin, hugs. So just know that. And I know I've got some people in my family, um, if my sister's listening, I hear you. I know you're not a hugger. There are many people that just aren't huggers. And funny enough, this came up at our staff meeting today, too. One of our doctors who is not a hugger has a friend who does this professionally and hugs people. Um, and she doesn't quite understand it. But, uh, yeah, but uh, it's, it's, it's to increase oxytocin. Yeah. <laughs> so there is a lot of value there. So if you're a hugger, um, go ahead and hug away. I don't know if I should say this on air, but uh, <laughs> but uh, we have one patient who um, comes in, gets treated and everything, and then goes to Marquis' office looking for a hug because uh, his his capacity to give good hugs. So I don't <laughs> don't don't, don't ask Marquis for hugs. He'll never get any of his work done. But <laughs> but uh, you can you can tell there's value there. So go ahead and uh, if you're going to hug someone, make sure they know you're coming in and. <laughs> Things like that, and that they are a hugger. But that is the number one way to increase oxytocin that everyone can do. So Mm -hmm. 
with that, uh, we will leave you to it. Go, go hug the world and, and improve your oxytocin and, and start to improve your immune system. Take care, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Actually, real quick, we want to um, thank everybody. We actually have people from 43 countries listening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there's the numbers. <laughs> there's the numbers. And then 22 was really successful for us just doing this podcast. So, again, thank you, everybody, for yeah. listening. Thank yeah, you. we appreciate you tuning in and uh, for all those downloads. And so don't uh, be afraid to send us questions. Uh, we'll be uh, answering a lot of them. We've got a, a full list. So stay tuned for the upcoming podcast. Thank you for listening to the Synapse Nips podcast. If you like what you heard, subscribe to the podcast and share the podcast. To learn more, check out our website at www.officialsynapse.com. Until next time, this has been Synapse Nips podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only and should under no circumstances be considered medical advice or a substitute for medical care. Any information given in this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease and is at the user's own risk. Please first consult a licensed healthcare professional.